Welcome to the College Football Bros. I'm Michael Newman. I'm Ryan Newman. And I'm Trey Newman. So we covered Clemson on Sunday, Florida State on Monday, and yesterday we covered North Carolina and Miami. Check those out if you haven't already. Uh, But, Trey, what is question number 18 of our preview series? Yeah, who is the most intriguing dark horse in the ACC? All right. Okay. Who's, yes. who's first, Ryan? First one we got is the the BC Eagles, Boston College. And this is actually my most intriguing one. Like, okay. I'm picking them as I, I think they could be the true dark horse of the conference. And this, to me, mainly goes through Phil Dracovic, the, the quarterback, um, the, Nord, the former Notre Dame transfer. I, he really impressed me uh, going into that year. I mean, because he came on a little bit of a short notice, uh, but I just thought that what he did and, and immediately turned them into a pretty darn solid team. He gets his entire offensive line back, and it's a strong offensive line. And his all all of his big play receivers, Zay Flowers, Jalen Gill, C.J. Lewis, each of those guys averaged over 15 yards per catch, which is pretty darn good for th- three or three main wide receivers. He does lose his tight end, Hunter Long, who was a very good tight end, but still think that offense is going to be really good nine starters back on d that defense got a lot better in jeff affley's first year i think bc could be pretty darn good yeah i agree and and i think you'll see the the running game on offense improve as well because uh it was of course a new offense last year new blocking scheme so another full off season with that coaching staff should help and by the way we're talking dark horses here bc of course in the atlantic with clemson so these dark horses don't necessarily have to be dark horses to win the ACC, um, yeah. maybe, but also maybe just to be a surprise top 20 type team, something like that. So, yeah. All right. Who's our yeah. next dark All horse? Right. Next, we got Wake Forest. And I'm not going to pick Wake as my top dark, dark horse, but their games will be fun to watch and very entertaining. Um, we know the offense can be pretty good with Sam Hartman. Uh, they, did have, they did have momentary lapses, though, with him. But they return pretty much everyone, and they, they just need the, the quote-unquote good Sam Hartman because he, like in against North Carolina, one of their tougher games, he just shredded them. And there was a period through, the, through seven games he hadn't thrown an interception, but then he threw five picks in his last couple, and he was under 50%. So they need that, that kind of first-half Sam Hartman. Um, and, and, but if, they, if he gets some time, they're gonna, he's going to be able to showcase some of the best receivers in the ACC. You got Roberson, who averaged over 100 yards per game. Donovan Green was highly touted a couple of years ago. Um, those two guys on the outside could be could be big weapons and and in the ACC. The problem though is their defense leaves a lot to be desired, and that's been the case for about the last five years, uh, especially when they lose the second round pick Carlos Basham uh, on the line, and then they lose a, a Jacquez Williams at linebacker, but. There's a lot of returning experience. Ryan Smenda at linebacker, he he had a huge bowl game, 16 tackles. If he can build off that, there there are some nice pieces. Um, the secondary is great. Nick Anderson, Joshua Taylor, they just need to be consistent and avoid giving up those huge plays. Yeah, I mean, I I'm, I like Wake too. Um, you know, as we talked about in the ACC episode, uh, or I'm sorry, when we talked about the Florida State episode, it was how I, would, I was just kind of high on other teams in this conference. And Wake is another one that's like, hey, this is, they got a lot coming back. They, they the, the, the super senior rule or the year where everybody got an extra, extra year of COVID, you know, I think that may have helped them more than any other team because they're going to have like eight or nine super seniors. Um, normally they kind of like to have a uh, experienced group. Anyways, they usually generally redshirt everybody. This is even more so. So uh, I think their offense is going to be good defense it's never usually good for wake so 
not really that worried about it. But they play up-tempo style, get teams on their heels. I like this group. I think they're going to be better this year. All right. Next dark horse we have is NC State, who overachieved a bit last year to go 8-4. and four, So I think they would need to improve quite a bit just to to match that record but they are my most intriguing dark horse in the acc in 2021 they bring back devin leary at quarterback who got injured but he you know started out the season really well had seemed to really take that jump in his uh, second years playing there and former four-star recruit so the potential is there and he's got one of the best supporting casts in the conference the offensive line led by their star left tackle ikem Aquanu, very very good the skill talent is great emeka mezzi leads a deep and experienced receiving core bam Knight at running back is a beast i, I love, love watching bam him Knight. play they got a good duo of backs there with ricky person so the defense you know they lose second team all-american defensive tackle lee mcneil but still i think overall they've got a chance to take a big step forward they were young last year at every level uh they've got two potential all acc linebackers in peyton wilson and isaiah moore and they add some really experienced transfers they got um, Corey Durden, nose tackle from Florida State. They got a safety from Florida State. Uh, they got Derek Pitts, a transfer from Marshall, who's formerly of West Virginia, who's had a pretty solid career as a corner. So they, I just think they have potential on both sides of the ball. I agree with that. I mean, I really like NC State this year, but I kind of get the sense that they're going to be one of those teams where their record it might be worse than the true strength of the team because of some of that schedule. I mean, they drew Clemson, North Carolina, and Miami on top of a trip to Mississippi State in the non-conference. But the the good thing going for them is Dave Doran, his two best recruiting classes were in 2018 and 19, and the, those classes are now going to be fully contributing uh, to the team. So there's not many excuses uh, to at least try and match some of that success that they had uh, a year ago. Um, you, you touched on the defense. There are some really good pieces. The one question mark is – they got to improve that run game. They got gashed a, a, a few times last year. Three teams ran for about 300 yards against them. So if they can shore that up, there's a lot to like about NC State. I agree. Um, all right, now let's move on to Louisville. Uh, so we've kind of been speaking rosy of uh, the team so far. I'm not going to speak so rosily of uh, of Louisville here. I'm not. I'm not feeling it quite so much for them four coaches left the program in the offseason that's never a great sign um some of their most explosive players uh on offense are gone like tutu atwill uh des fitzpatrick jv on hawkins yeah. so those are some major major losses that really kind of carried them on offense the past couple of years they still have the quarterback malik cunningham um but he regressed last year he had 12 picks lost a few fumbles um defense has some major pieces to replace as well especially in the secondary where they lose three starters and they were you know last year they were actually pretty good against the pass they're the statistically they're the best acc um pass defense as far as yards so um they lose their nose tackle i just eh, i just don't think their offense is going to be very good i mean i think it'll be okay but it's going to be regressed even more so and the defense isn't going to be that great so just i I, you know with all the other acc teams that we're kind of high on somebody's got to come down i think louisville is one of them well you say come down maybe come down in terms of how good they actually are but they'll probably might stay the same yeah Yeah. or get better because they were four and seven last year they were better than four and seven like they had some bad luck in close games uh they had bad turnover luck so they were actually 35th in sp plus so yeah you know they they weren't as bad as they looked um but yeah 117th in the country in turnover margin i know some of malik cunningham's bad decisions contributed to that but you would think that's bound to improve significantly so i think they'll win 
maybe a couple more games. I don't but know. I'm not sure. You're not sure. I mean, they I lose think their best weapons. They're going to really have to play from behind. I think it could be a recipe for more turnovers. Fair enough. Fair enough. But I still think I I would take over four four wins. I'll tell you that. Um, <laughs> yeah. All right. But but I agree. I'm not like I don't think the team is is going to get that much better because of the the skill talent they lost. So um, they did add some transfers on defense, uh, particularly in the secondary. Kendrick Duncan, really good uh, transfer from Georgia Southern. He was all sunbelt there i believe so we'll see i like scott Fatter- satterfield but i think he has his work cut out for him <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not fatterfield scatterfield satterfield no no yeah, yeah. let him bring up another team yeah no well i'm gonna go over to the the hokies virginia tech um they've been so tough to gauge the last few years they they've really underachieved uh and inconsistent but i I'm still optimistic and waiting for them to to break out. And we all know it kind of goes without saying that Justin Fuente needs a good year or he'll probably be run out of town. But so the Hokies are actually going to be my dark horse pick. Uh, last year, they went five and six, but they were snake bitten in some close games, actually finished in the top 30 in some metrics. They avoid Clemson and NC State this upcoming year. And I believe that drawing North Carolina in week one in Blacksburg helps them because the heels will be breaking in a pretty much a new all their new offensive weapons um there could be an upset there uh but the biggest key for them is the quarterback braxton burmeister uh he was he kind of had a tale of two halves last year he was dreadful before injury uh but then when he came back he played pretty dang well um with a full offseason being the guy not in a battle with hendon hooker who transferred away i'm leaning to him playing better um, they're going to need it because they also lose a thousand yard rusher Khalil Herbert, but Blackshear is back. He's more than capable along with Jalen Houston. Um, and then you look at the defense, they weren't great, but a combination of COVID opt outs and injuries in the first year after Bud Foster, I'm willing to forgive them. Think they can at- atone for that. Um, the secondary seems to be a strength. I don't think, I don't think the defense is going to be great, but I think it should be better than a year ago. Yeah, I'm not quite as high on Trey, as Trey on Virginia Tech. Um, you know, the one good thing that Virginia Tech really did last year was, of course, running. The, the ground game was really good. Um, the offensive line played great. Hennon Hooker was a stud. Um, and then, of course, Khalil Herbert. So uh, Khalil Herbert had nearly 1,200 yards on 7.7 yards per carry. Like, he was awesome like and he was by far their most effective running back and then Hendon Hooker rushed for over 600 yards himself so far and away the top two players that they that carry the ball gone um Burmeister it's not like he's not a dual threat but he's not quite as sure. effective as Hendon Hooker running so I think the and they also lose their left tackle other couple couple transfers on their O line also left so I think they're going to regress on the old, on the offensive side and the defense I'm not encouraged. I think they might be similar. If they are a little bit better, I don't think it'll be much. So I, I'm just not feeling it. I mean, they could perk up. I'm not saying it's impossible, but I, I just don't think they're they're up there. Okay, let's move on to our next dark horse, which is Pitt. And, you know, they've always been pretty good under Narduzzi, but just haven't been able to quite get over the hump. They've never finished the season with fewer than five losses. And the defense has been very good the last two years, and it's been the offense that is is letting them down. I think the defense could take a small step back this upcoming season because they lose three starters in the secondary and two All-Americans on the defensive line. I mean, there's still talent there, especially on the front seven. They had tons of depth there. There's there's guys to replace them on that D-line. So they'll they'll be good defensively, but those those are some big losses. So the offense might need to improve, and Kenny Pickett is back for his 
18th year, of course, this yeah. is the joke. And I don't know. He just, the, I need to kind of see a good pit offense before I believe it under Kenny Pickett because the passing game just hasn't been efficient. Um, and the running game was bad last year. So I don't know. I, I just, like I said, need to see it before I believe it. Yeah, and that's the thing with with Pickett. It's like I I feel like he's hit his ceiling. I know there's occasionally some buzz about him being an NFL prospect, and he very well could. But I just don't see how much better. Like, what more do we need to to see in order for him to take the next step? And can he do that? And and then with Narduzzi, I will give him credit. Like the uh, the there were a couple years there where he you know he's known as a defensive guy, and I've mentioned this before on our podcast that. Their, their defense wasn't that good, but they've they've put together some aggressive, solid defenses the, la- the last couple years. The one thing, though, is that he hasn't provided is a top 25 finish or a double-digit win total. And I just, I'm not I'm not willing to, to bet that this is going to be the year that that's going to happen. Um, I think he does have a, a, a solid core on offense and an aggressive defense. But at this point, I'm just not willing to, uh, to put all my chips in, in Pickett and Narduzzi this year. Yeah, and one guy I wanted to bring up that I forgot to bring up was Jordan Addison, the true freshman receiver, had a great no. year. So Pickett's got most of his weapons back. Maybe that'll help, but we will see. Um, any other dark horses that you want to bring up? I mean, Florida State is, is obviously one. We we did a whole episode on them, so you can refer back to that. But any other any they other possible it, teams? They got to put it together one of these years. Um, I'll, I'll throw out uh, the Cavaliers, Virginia. Um, yep. the, the, you know, 14 returning starters, solid, solid dual threat quarterback and, and Brennan Armstrong. They're five and five last year. So it's not like they were f- far off. Um, and they made the conference title game in 2019, you know, like the year b- before the COVID year, they made it. So, uh, Bronco Mendenhall does a nice job. There's no reason why they couldn't, uh, be a surprise. Yeah, I agree with that. Georgia tech, if Jeff Sims at quarterback takes a, a big, that would leap. be, a longer dark horse yeah that's darker darker horse yeah, yeah for sure, <laughs> <but>. pretty dark <laughs> syracuse now how that's like pitch oh. <laughs> black you can't even see yeah. that dark horse no don't uh, they don't even know which direction they're going <laughs> all right well i guess that'll do it then for this episode of the college football bros uh subscribe and of course as always hit the bell for notifications if you haven't already um we'll be back tomorrow talking about the hottest seats in the acc so we'll see you then You've been listening to the College Football Bros. If you have any questions for the next podcast, email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com. To keep up with the brothers on social media, like them on Facebook at College Football Bros, follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros, and for their commentary on Saturdays, follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening.